Welcome back to Hempication. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, I hope this is recording. Okay. Um, I was just putting up, uh, well, recording some YouTube episodes. And uh, I only recorded one about the um, gelato brand um, vape cartridges because that's what I've been vaping lately was vaping before recording was vaping during recording that but then before recording this and uh, I was trying to upload the episodes I um, recorded yesterday For some reason I can't upload them um, and I was only able to record one video For some reason I don't know what's up. So, let me see, because I feel like this isn't too loud. I don't, I don't really understand sometimes. Um, but yeah, I feel like the mic on this isn't really loud at the moment. But other times, it's like super loud. So, I don't know what's up, guys. Um, but you might hear the hotel neighbors in the background. And you might hear the heater in the background. It's set to 76. And it's pretty cold out here. I'm up in the mountains. Um, not quite snowboarding yet, but I'm going to be tomorrow in like the next four days or so. I'll see how much I can handle. <laughs> but, um,. I'm actually just going to see if I can record this without the headphone mic and see if maybe it's a little bit louder. Alright, let's see. Yeah, that looks like it's picking up actually a lot, a lot better. Um, Well, maybe not a lot, but somewhat better. If I get really close to the mic, that's how loud it is. But this is like, I don't know, I'm like, how far? I don't know how far I am, like eight inches, less than a foot. Um, maybe I just need to learn how to like hold my phone because I record into my phone. But yeah, the uh, hotel neighbors, they've got their car out front of where my room is and their room is next to me. And so on occasion, they're like, and they're trying to get each other's attention and like honking the horn and you can hear like sounds like older sister talking to maybe a younger sibling and the younger sibling I have not yet heard one word from this child I've only heard screams and yells and so and then they were being taught how to walk up and down the stairs earlier so I'd like to relax, but I'm like, well, it's already, it's only almost 8.30 p.m., but I work till like 6.30 because it's nearly the end of the month. It's March 30th today, but we're off tomorrow for Cesar Chavez. Um, 
And then I took off Friday, which is the first. And then I took off Monday, which is the fourth. So I'm not going back to work till Tuesday. And so I'm going to really do a lot of like um, just relaxing. I got to the hotel last night, Wednesday night. And I'm going to head out of the hotel Monday. Uh, no, it was Tuesday night. Shoot, Tuesday night because today's Wednesday. And then I'm going to head out of the hotel Monday morning. I check out at 11 on Monday. So, And the drive was nice. I drove. Um, I recorded while driving. And I drove all the way from uh, San Diego. I left around like 4 p.m. Uh, well... 4.15-ish is when I logged off work and the car was completely packed. I'd been packing throughout the day on my breaks and stuff. And then by the time I got the food from... I went to Rite Aid. I got some canned food, some microwavable stuff. I brought some of my Tupperware to microwave stuff and some disposable forks and stuff. And um this hotel has a a mini fridge and a microwave so that's kind of how I roll um it definitely saves a lot of money to you know get get a spot that has a mini fridge and a microwave at least I mean it's not like healthy healthy food but like I actually had intended to bring more food um like some avocados some boiled eggs some uh, bags of salad, some sprouts, pre-made deli foods, but I was like, you know, I don't want to spend a whole lot of money, and that would have been expensive, and because I was working, and I, you know, I'm not used to traveling out of town midweek like that, so I assumed I was going to be in traffic till like 7.30 p.m. or something, and or 8 p.m., and I was like, I want to be on the road and get off the road before it's dark, like, I can drive it at night in the dark, but, like, I hadn't really slept too good those past two nights. And so I was like, I really just want to get there because I was kind of just running off caffeine fumes by that point. But it was, like, safe enough to drive. But I was like, I, you know, I thought it would hit way more traffic. And I was so glad I didn't hit a lot of traffic. So that was super cool. Um, And, yeah, it did take me about two hours to maybe two and a half hours. Um paid 81 bucks for a tank of gas 13 gallons and uh yeah I'm just kind of chilling but um I don't know maybe these people will check out in the morning I won't have to see them or hear them anymore uh hotels are fun um but it's like at least with roommates you can tell them to be quiet you know like when you have like neighbors <laughs> even if it's an apartment or a house or something it's a little harder to be like hey like i can still hear you you know um but i mean they're younger too so it's kind of like you know it's still 8 it's barely 8:30 p.m. i feel like if it's if it gets late like super late i think they weren't sleeping till like 11 p.m. last night um because I was up later than that, and I don't think I heard them too late. I was up till probably midnight, woke up super groggy. Um, I've been debating if I'm going to order edibles. I don't think I'm going to do it. Um, but yeah, um, 
So yeah, the topic I wanted to discuss um, is one that I don't really speak about too much. Um, the topic of prayer. Now, I know when people are usually talking about prayer, um, usually they are speaking to what they've been taught about and usually what they've been taught about through a mainstream religion. But I kind of got to thinking about it and I was thinking um, about the difference between, you know, traditional prayers that um that we kind of get taught right um and then like just your own kind of natural style of prayer and i find that um um there really is a I guess a difference um so I've I've kind of organized this into topics of you know how we're taught you know the nature of prayer if it's natural or not or what um the style the topic of Kavana if that's I'm gonna have to go back and see if that's how it's um, pronounced or how it's written, um, connectedness, sincerity, kind of how personal it is and how much of a sensitive topic it can be depending who you're kind of speaking with about it. Um, Now, most of us, I would say, not everybody, but a lot of times people are raised in a mainstream religion. And, you know, I would say in the Western culture, Christianity, um, Judaism, and Islam are pretty mainstream. And then there's some Eastern religions such as Buddhism, Hinduism, Taoism. They're maybe also mainstream. Um, But outside of those, maybe like six religions... Um, I mean, there are definitely so many different religions, but those are the main religions that get spoken on and that um, maybe the majority of the world is probably one of those religions, um, which is interesting to me. Um, Now, um, the way that you can become a part of a religion is different for every religion and every denomination and you know like Judaism technically it's lineage and then the religious part of Judaism I mean that is more of a choice of you know are you religious or are you not religious are you you know you know, modern Orthodox, are you Hasidic, are you, like, what are, what's your, you know, sect or denomination or whatever, um, but, you know, with other religions, like, Christianity, Islam, you know, you're not necessarily born that, uh, religion, you can be born into the culture, 
but I mean if a Jewish person is um, converts to say Christianity or something else um, they're still Jewish by you know ethnicity um, if a Christian converts to Islam they're not you know Christian anymore they're now Muslim and so you know these different aspects of religion or non-religion um, do contribute to how we're taught and I'll give an example like you know there's always like traditions and things and the reason why I'm mentioning prayer is because I think it's important to challenge um the the type of the way that we kind of pray um if we do it and if we don't do it why we don't do it um because I was thinking about prayer and there are there are some people um maybe on on um YouTube and yeah that I follow YouTube Instagram and they have content where it's like you know they talk about all these spiritual types of things that they do but then it's like they're not Buddhist they're not Muslim they're not Christian they're not any specific major religion but they still have a lot of spiritual practices they meditate they pray they do music they have some kind of like healing type sessions and natural eating as healing and incorporating music and sound and incorporating prayer and things like that and it got me thinking I was like well if you're not praying to like one of the major deities um then what are you praying to and I thought about it and I was like you know technically you don't really have to pray to a being um you can technically pray to the universe you could pray to nature i mean there's no real rule to it really um but i think overall when people pray they pray to something that they feel like is bigger than themselves something that they're trying to connect to connect with just like you would when you're texting someone or when you're um, reaching out like say if you work and you're doing sales for example you're like reaching out to people in the community to try to connect them to your services um and say if you text people um you're trying to you know send a written message to somebody to just for whatever reason but that's the style that you decided to communicate and you know you can write snail mail letters you can um send voice memos, you can podcast, you know, there's different styles of communication, speaking, talking, where you are talking in real time to some body or something. Now, for example, I mean, this is a little off topic, but podcasting is an example that is oh my gosh (laughs) podcasting is an example which is weird a little bit when I think of it because like I mentioned earlier I recorded a couple episodes while driving yesterday while coming to the mountains 
So after work, um, when I was driving, I had about a couple hours on the road and I recorded two episodes while driving. And the interesting part about these episodes um, that I recorded is that I didn't upload them yet, right? So when I'm recording them, who am I talking to? I'm basically talking into my phone. I'm using my, like yesterday, I was using um, my Apple EarPods. Um, I just keep the right side in um, and record in, in the attached mic. And, you know, at least it gets my my face closer to the mic. And, um, you know, the phone was somewhere else, you know, tethered, tethered, like tethered to the, to the headphones. Um, and cause they're wired headphones. And so I just recorded like that and drove and it was fine. And I, um, started to think about it today and yesterday. So I was like, Okay, well, if I'm if I pray, you know, um, and this is just an example, but if I pray, what makes it different between um, what's the difference between podcasting and praying? Like, just as an example for right now, podcasting, you're talking with the intention that somebody else is probably going to listen to it. Or that at least you're going to post it somewhere. It's kind of a creative process. Um, There's no real rules to it. Um, You guys know I kind of just do things on the fly. Today's one of the few days that I actually wrote down the multiple um, subheadings for the topics. And um, usually I don't really do that, but today I did. And, um, you know... It's, you know, interesting to record something and then post it later and then see who, um, if anybody listened to it or um, how many people listened to it or um, which episodes people listen to more uh, readily than others or um, more more people clicking on them. Um I noticed with the topics, religion-related topics and the psychology-related topics, people tend to kind of uh, click on those more, listen to those more. Um, but prayer isn't the same thing. Like, when you pray, you're kind of doing it in real time. You're not necessarily storing information somewhere to release it later and then coming back to it and, like, checking on it it's kind of like a one and done kind of thing overall and I mean I know you know there really aren't any other than what the religions say um that people should do if they're that religion like other than what the religions teach and what we get taught um as we you know if we are connected with the religion there's no other real information out there about prayer at least not that I know of like there's not like mainstream information anyways. I shouldn't say that because I haven't really looked up anything specific. 
Um, but other than the people that I was talking about that I like their spiritual practices and I kind of like to study what they do um, and you know the people I was talking about on Instagram and uh, like YouTube and I kind of like to study what they do and they are very um, in into prayer and I don't know if they talk a lot about how they pray, but I just found it interesting because I was like, well, they're not a major religion, so how do they learn how to pray, you know? Because you don't really hear about a lot of people learning how to pray that aren't from, like, a major religion, right? Usually assume you assume they're praying to some kind of deity, um, and, you know, that's one thing. Um But with prayer in general, it's kind of interesting that we're told that there are, like, rules to how to do it. Um, Like podcasting, for example, you know, it makes for a better podcast maybe to, like, stay on topic, um, maybe to pay attention to what you're saying, uh, try to be somewhat linear, um, try not to have too many weird long gaps or, like, um, you know, like when you're talking on the phone to somebody and they're like also talking in the background to another person and then like, they're like, you know, there's a certain point where you're like, okay, like focus on the conversation we're having at hand here. You know, that's kind of how podcasting almost is. There's kind of like a bit of an etiquette to it, but it's just kind of like what is, uh, what would be considered more qual like higher quality content You'd want to have a decent mic, you know, you'd want to have not a whole lot of background noise. Like I said, I, I record even sometimes in the car when I'm driving. Um, I got this heater in the background now. I got the neighbors screaming. Like, I know there's noise in the background. Um, and I don't, I don't think I, you know, I don't really put music in the background or anything. Um, but you know, prayer isn't that way, but when you, like, look at religious texts, some of them even have, like, exactly the wording that you're supposed to say, like, um, for example, in Judaism, there are a lot of texts of how you can pray, um, there are books, uh, a lot of books, um, um, Sidurim, um, there are a lot of books, uh, where there's, like, the Amida prayer, the daily prayer, um, there's what's called, like, davening, you know, it's, like, the, the, you know, there's, like, a weekday service that you pray, and there's a service you can pray, basically, for every day of the week, or every type of, situation just about, you know, when you're drinking water, when you're eating food, you know, you're praying before, you're praying after. I'm not saying like, I'm just generalizing here. I'm not saying every Jewish person does all of these things. Um, but just culturally, um, you know, with the religion, there's a lot of different praying prayers and they're the same, you know, the ones in Hebrew, they're the same throughout the world 
everybody has those same prayers. You know, if you're putting on tefillin, if you're starting to read the Torah, if you're done reading the Torah, if you're reading from the prophets, if you're reading from, you know, it, you know, if it's a, if it's a, um, Passover, um, you know, there's the, Meg- I don't know if the Megillah, the Megillah isn't considered a prayer necessarily, but there's like Tehillim, like the Psalms, there's, you know, there's so much, um, you just, you, there's so much, uh, praying, um, so many types of things to pray, and you can just pray, um, I mean, if you said all of them, you could literally be praying for a very long time, um, Heshi Freed, I used to follow Heshi Freed, um, when he would post all the time, it looks like he hasn't really been posting for about eight to ten years, um, but I used to follow him pretty regularly, and, um, he would kind of, you know, he, he had the channel from satire, um, cause he was from the from community and he had some kind of, um, he did kind of like a, like a satire style, um, like comedy kind of like stand up from his home almost. Um, and he would kind of just like talk in a very comedic way about like his, um, his religion. And he wasn't like ragging on it. He was just, talking about it like you know just out of like the fun the funny parts the fun parts um and for me I found it very relatable I mean I'm not I'm not Jewish but I was raised in a denomination that was you know that very um strongly followed a lot of Jewish traditions and you know I have a lot of knowledge about Judaism and as a youth and in my adult years and even currently I still study a lot of Jewish texts and Jewish um, cultural writings and scriptures and things just because I find it fun I like it I like things that are very organized and structured and have schedules and you know like you can read the Torah throughout the year and just follow what the Parsha is and um, I'm not saying you have to do that but it's just a very interesting, um, a very interesting type of a, of a style of, um, trying to do, trying to do something, um, because I'm not really doing it for, like, religious reasons, but I do find value in it, and, you know, I've been thinking about prayer, and just how, you know, so, like, basically what Heshi Freed was saying, um, he was saying, like, I guess he went to this, um, there's an episode where he's at this, um, yeshiva, and they were looking at the, at the, at the, you know, the, it was a Jewish school, and they're in one of the rooms where they have, like, I guess it's one of the study rooms, or a prayer room, or something, and there's, like, a, a, a wall with, like, a bookshelf, and some cubbies, and the wall had, like, um, a bunch of, um, like, a whole lot of different types of books, um, Jewish books, but because, um, these, I think this, um, yeshiva was Lubavitch, I believe, and because they were Lubavitch, um, they didn't have, I don't know if they had Hasidic, how did this go? Um, he was saying, 
um, yeah, that they didn't have any, like, Chabad, um, um, kind of, like, traditional things, and so there are different books and things between the different sects, um, I can't remember, in my head I'm thinking Lubavitch are, are Chabad, so, um, seriously, they're gonna, like, stomp right out front the door, I think I thought Lubavitch were Chabad. Um but I think he was at Teenac. I think he was at Teenac. Um and he was surprised that they had a Tanya book. He was surprised um that they had um some other kind of uh books with uh with Chabad text. Like, how they have, like, the long, like, s- style of, um... Like, there's different styles of, uh... How... I don't know if they're called scribes. I'm sorry. I'm, like, blanking on, like, every possible term. But, like, I guess technically it would be, like, a type of a scribe or a type of uh, printing style that, um... The, the, you know, the end of the text somehow all lines up so you know when there's like a letter at the end certain letters they kind of drag them out longer and so he was looking in the in certain books to try to see like oh like does this yeshiva have these books and then he was talking about like so he was looking at some of the prayer books and stuff and then he was talking about some of the of the tefillin which are um basically they're they're used for prayer um it's a ritual that i mean i'm not going to do it justice describing all the details but um basically um so the, the reason why i have trouble describing stuff is because i feel like there's always like like exceptions to the rule right so i feel like when i'm talking about something it's like Okay, well, yeah, I can say tefillin are traditionally traditionally worn by males that are that are you know uh, praying, but then like it kind of depends what sect you are. I mean, and how you identify your gender or whatever you know, like so to say, okay, they're male or whatever. Um, that's not always accurate, but technically, traditionally, male. Um, males use tefillin, and then there's different types of tefillin. Some are kosher, some are considered better quality, some are Ashkenaz, some are, you know, there's different types of, of tefillin. And then there's the, there's a type that's called the Rabbeinu Tom. Um, and the Rabbeinu Tom tefillin are like larger and wider and bigger than the other ones. And it's interesting because, um, that kind of made me think of, um, you know, there's this scripture in, in the New Testament of the, of the Christian Bible that says, um, and I'm not going to do this justice either because that, because my memory is so poor, but it says, um, um, talking about the Jesus was either talking about the Pharisees or the Sadducees or the scribes or maybe a combination. And he was saying that like 
they they wear their their like their talit their talits you know the 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 shawls that Jewish people wear is called like a talit um there's different types there's and there's there's also the um uh i guess it's called zitzis zitzits they're basically a type of um it comes from the commandments in Deuteronomy to wear tassels on the side of your garments so there's a four-cornered garment that kind of goes over over the head kind of like a poncho but it's more like an undergarment and then you can see the um the tassels coming out of the sides and they're kind of um wound and braided almost in a in a certain way so there's a lot of significance with like how they're wrapped and braided around and the different knots and the way to tie the knots and like there's all these instructions so there's a a Jewish book called the Chitas C H I T A S a Chitas shows you how to put on tefillin and it shows you like all the prayers all this all like it shows you like a whole bunch of stuff it's very detailed um but that verse in the new testament about uh how jesus was saying you know they wear their tassels long they wear their um their um you know their prayer boxes their phylacteries wide um like for the people he was talking about specifically i'm not saying he was talking about the modern jewish people that wear the rabbinu tom tefillin i don't know um if these are even the same people i have no clue but he was saying like they wear their you know like the stuff that they wear during prayer that is still even today over 2000 years later still traditionally worn i don't know if it exactly looks the same if the traditions around it are all the same but they still had the same things and i guess people would wear them all the time it sounded like they would just wear them around um to be showy um and then he was saying like you know when you're gonna pray to your father in heaven like go into your closet in secret you know and some people say that the translation for the word closet is like the shawl the prayer shawl like because some people when they pray they put the prayer shawl like over the over their heads and to like go in your closet or go in your prayer shawl somewhere in private and do it in secret somewhere else where other people aren't seeing you and aren't around so it's not like you're showing off kind of almost like if you go to church or whatever and you tithe you know and you write a, a check and you don't use like an envelope that has like some kind of privacy flap or whatever you know and you just like write a check and you just put it like face up in the offering plate and then people can see it as it as you go by you know or like you know making a big deal about like how much you're tithing or how long you're praying or how lofty or how you know how your words are so like perfect and you sound like all like you've I think a lot of us have heard like if you've gone to some place where maybe people think they're being fancy or something and they're like oh thou art our like dear lord thou art you know they're using all this like ancient like 1600s king james speech you know when they're when they're when they're praying and it's like i mean i can't knock it because i you know I, I mean i don't know but i feel like in a way there there there's people that 
prey in a way that they're trying to like show off and um but anyways Heshi Freed um he's he's like I think he was in his 20s when he was recording this video um he was talking he was looking at the different um tefillin and saying like like um like oh I wonder if they have like the Rebenu Tom to fill in because he wanted to like look at it to like show it on the video that he was recording and like that's the type of to fill in that's bigger than the other type that you usually see with the smaller boxes and like you can look them up on you can look at like Google images there aren't even a lot of Google images of it because I looked it up the other day but um yeah to fill in there's ways to like wrap them there's a correct way to do it there's certain knots that you have on them and certain ways you put them away and it's just it's such a complex uh ritual and there's so many rituals like even if you just want to talk about jewish prayer alone there's so much going on there um i would say christian prayer when you think about modern christian um modern christian um um protestant christian denominations their prayers tend to be less structured than maybe like catholic prayers um there's still like the lord's prayer there's still you know people still kind of pray with meals or like at least like thanksgiving christmas easter that kind of stuff um, but there's a lot less um, uh, traditional prayers. You don't see a whole lot of Christian denominations having their own specific traditional prayers that all the people of that denomination say that prayer. That's not super common. Um, with Catholics, you do see that more. They do have a lot more prayer that people actually like. There's it's embedded in the it's embedded in the traditions more where it's like these are specific prayers you say for these specific reasons and um yeah protestant christianity doesn't necessarily have that as a whole um like there are some prayers but there's not like a whole 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 lot of them um unless you count like the whole book of psalms um and you know different prayers in the bible but there aren't really traditional prayers outside of the bible so much different churches and different like um you know church um buildings might make up their own like different congregations might make up their own but as denominations and as like protestant um just in general don't technically have their own usually um uh buddhism is quite different um buddhism has a lot of um rituals a lot of like if you're a monk there's different if you're a monk versus if you're just like an everyday person but there's a lot of um like temple praying um a lot of rituals that I, i'm not very well versed in in buddhism hinduism all those uh types of religions uh, more so I know more about Islam there are a lot of like the um, um, like there's the call to prayer and there's like the daily prayers that are done five times a day traditionally um, but I mention all these to say you know when people learn to pray through a religion there's usually some kind of direction 
But with that, it there's not a lot of wiggle room, I've noticed. It's either like you're free spirit and you're just praying out of your heart or like you're saying all of these repetitive types of prayers and then it just becomes like something you've recited that you remember. And I was thinking about it because um, prayer is, I don't know if it's natural because I've never heard of it outside of someone doing a religious or spiritual practice um, of something that they've taught or something that they've learned or something that they've adapted. I've never really thought of it that way um, as something that you just naturally develop um, or something that you just naturally start believing. Uh, I could be wrong, but I just I just don't know about it in that manner. And um, it's interesting, too, you know, because we can have styles of prayer that, you know, I think when people pray in private, it's different than when they pray in public. And, um, you know, when you pray, usually in public, it's usually um, very, you know, it tends to be a little less um, personal. Like some people, some people just let loose and they do not care what they're saying as far as like who hears it. Um, And I, you know, I admire that, you know, there are people who can get on a stage in a church and pray their heart up, heart out and share about what's going on in their lives through the prayer and everybody's hearing this and, you know, they might be in tears and things and it's like, you know, that, you know, that is different than what you usually see. You usually kind of see this like, okay, like I'm not gonna like, you know, there's a lot of like ego protectiveness about like being open and vulnerable and praying in public spaces. Um, And that's a very interesting thing that I've noticed. It's like you can pray and not be... um, you can pray and not like you're kind of praying for like a collective prayer. There's different types of prayers. I'm not going to go into all of that, but like you can do like collective prayer. You can do like a call and response type prayer. There's like the memorized types of prayers or the ones that you're reading or, you know, the ones that are more musical. Um, that's one thing about like in Judaism, um, Islam partially, um, you know, some other religions, you know, the prayer, the prayer is very like a musical type of, you know, praying, you know, even reading of the scripture has a very musical quality to it. Um, there's a lot of like musical qualities to things versus, um, non-musical qualities, I guess you could say. Um, so, um, but yeah, there's a lot of different types of prayers, but I can give an example. Like I, I, I think I was at a beach Vespers with a, with a, um, I think I, I don't know if I was on a date. I was with somebody I used to go on dates with, but I don't know if this was specifically a date, but me and this person went on a date or we were just at the beach Vespers. Um, I've talked about this person before that, you know, like, so we got at this Vespers, 
we got there early. It was me, this person, and the pastor. And we got there in time to set up. And so we were there. We helped with the setup. Um, um, we took out all the, you know, dishes and prepared the table. And it's like just picnic style stuff. It wasn't like, we weren't like doing some major banquet or something, but like we were there first. And so the pastor had brought out all the firewood and brought out all the stuff from his car. And like, it was getting dark, but it wasn't quite sunset yet. And the Vespers we would have right before the sunset, like right as the sun was setting, um, in summers usually. And so, and I probably will go this summer. I look forward to it. And so, um, I was, um, I was going to go and, um, what I was gonna, um, yeah, the pastor went to, went to, I think he was bodyboarding. He went to bodyboard and then me and this uh, person were setting things up. And I remember towards the end of that night, like, you know, we had the fire going and we would usually close by doing like, uh, like acoustic style songs around the fire. And then, people would pray and um they would choose a couple people and maybe a couple people would choose a couple other people to pray or whatever and I used to work at a school that was connected to the church and so I knew a lot of the kids that were there because I used to work at that school but at this time I wasn't working at the school I wasn't really attending the church but I would still do like the stuff that they did in the community and just like hang out and stuff and so that's what I was doing I was just catching up with people hanging out and uh so I went and I went to the to the to the Vespers um and this kid you know like one of the kids that was like a preteen at this point um he chose me to do the prayer and like I knew they were going to choose me cuz like that's how the kids are um they always just do stuff like that and then um so I was like um I did the prayer and I don't know, like, that was one of the times I can remember just feeling, like, naturally relaxed, and, um, I mean, I wasn't stoned, I wasn't, I didn't really, I didn't really smoke or vape or anything back then, but, um, I mean, it wasn't legal, (laughs) it wasn't legal yet, I mean, I had done it before, but not, like, it wasn't, like, a regular thing, like, I wasn't, like, purchasing stuff, I didn't keep it on me, I didn't own it or anything, it was just, like, something that like if I happened to be at the beach and my friends happened to have something on them and they happened to offer then I would happen to say yes but other than that I never would usually ask or anything but um yeah like so yeah I was relaxed I was praying and I remember just like being kind of like connected with what I was saying and you know it was just me and who I was praying to and I wasn't too concerned about you know how the people were around me or who was with me or who was there and all these kinds of nonsense things um that usually I would think and I also remember um another example of you know I used to do some when I used to be participating in that same actual church in the services I used to um go up you know I used to have a you know I did the I guess I was part of the collegiate ministries and I would do like a prayer once a month I think I don't know if it was for the offering or just for like um congr I think it was called congregational prayer 
I don't remember, but like there would be someone that would lead the prayer. Um, and so you would go up and you would just do the prayer. And I remember being on the, I guess the a committee that would choose different people to be parts of different teams or nominate them or ask them or see if people wanted to volunteer. And, um, I remember saying in that meeting that I don't, that I don't really pray. And I mean, it's kind of interesting that it was that time that it was a time period that I didn't really pray, but I wouldn't say that I didn't really pray. It was more like it was a comment at that given time that I didn't really pray, but I did pray actually, um, maybe before and after that time, but it was just a time period that you know, I was saying like, I don't really pray. And I remember they never scheduled me for congregational prayer again after that, after that point, um, which was interesting. Cause I was like, well, it's not that I don't pray. I just wasn't praying at that time. And, um, like, it's just kind of an interesting thing. And, um, but yeah, the style of prayer, you know, a lot of times, it's like a cultural thing like culturally you're kind of taught how to pray and what's appropriate to to pray about and how is appropriate to actually pray and do your prayers and stuff um and traditionally you know in the denomination I grew up in you weren't really traditionally expected to pray like necessarily from your heart or like you know, if you're doing it in public, you know, and then there was like a length of prayer that was like more appropriate. Like, I remember we used to have this like, um, youth and collegiate, um, young adult pastor that would like pray and she prayed so long and we were just like, oh my goodness. Like whenever she would pray, like, I remember we would, me and one of my friends once at the, at, we were at her house at a Vespers and I think they were showing some video, like, it's like an anti-abortion video or something, I don't know, it was some disturbing thing, and then, like, she goes to pray, and then, like, me and one of my friends, I guess, you know how, like, you just kind of tune out, so I had, like, I had my eyes closed or whatever, you know, and I had tuned out, and then I kind of tuned back in, and I was like, oh, we're still praying, like, like, I really, like, literally lost track of what was going on because, like, she was praying so long. And then I came kind of back into it, and I'm like, wow, she's still praying. Um, and so I opened my eyes because I'm like, okay, well, we've been doing this a while. And I kind of look around, and I see my friend, and my friend is like, her eyes are open too, and she starts, like, yawning, and we kind of catch each other eye, each other's eyes, and we both start kind of, like, giggling and laughing a little bit. And I think we had to leave the room like we we on our own left the room. We didn't get like kicked out, but like because we were just like laughing because it was just kind of funny because she was praying so long and it just wasn't the norm for people to pray that long. But I was just like, oh, my gosh, like she was praying forever. And like it was kind of a funny moment. And we still <laughs> I still literally laugh when I when I think about it. I'm like, wow. And like, I'm not making fun of her. I'm not like it's just kind of kind of a little bit like everybody's personalities are different and I'm not here to say like okay somebody was being like showy or braggy or judgmental like showy or braggy or trying to like like you know signify that they're like holier than everybody or that 
they were trying to like make some kind of like you know a a point of how they were praying so so long um I don't really know why she prayed that long. It was just kind of interesting that she kind of didn't fall in line with how everyone else prayed. And it is kind of interesting when there are those people who don't really fall in line. Um, I remember a prayer when we were, I mean, I've talked about these stories a lot, (laughs) but I remember being in a, in a, in a Vespers, like in, in high school or something, either high school or community college where the, where the pastor would invite people from other religions to come and kind of speak about their religion or their church or their denomination. It might've been like a different language church that was the same denomination or like different religions altogether. And they had this, uh, one of his Muslim friends that came who was a, a leader in the, in that congreg in his congregation. And he came and he was, he did the call to prayer and I don't think I'd ever really heard it before that time. And we weren't expecting, I think maybe the youth pastor asked, like, can you give us an example of how, how you guys pray? Because it was more like we were learning about, like, different cultures, different religions. And I remember, like, <laughs> you know, we all do our regular, like, what we we're taught, you know, bow your head, close your eyes. So we all kind of get quiet and like close our eyes and kind of like like put your head down a little bit and then like he starts the call to prayer and it's very loud and it's very musical we were not expecting that we thought he was going to go into something we were more familiar with of like the you know the dear lord thank you for this day you know like something just like basic that we that we've heard a lot all the time that we all grew up with. We didn't grow up with with the with the Muslim prayers. Um I hadn't I hadn't really grown up with a lot of Muslim people until maybe junior high, high school age, um, when I started interacting with a lot more people from a whole lot of different other cultures and religions. And um yeah, the call to prayer I think it's a beautiful thing. I love the Muslim call to prayer and um you know how it sounds i like how there's a lot of artistic style to it um musically i mean i've watched a lot of um youth they have a lot of it's mostly males youth i feel like they have competitions around the world of like um i don't remember the type the name of the people who do those types of praying but there it's like a it's like an art form it's like a religious spiritual musical art form um of like praying in a certain way or reciting um you know quran scripture in a certain you know um tone um you can recite it like musically as well um not the same as the torah or um even like the rest of the old testament um in Jew- with jewish culture is recited it's not the same as like the ta'amim or the, or the, yeah, those types of cancellations, but it's, there is like a type of um, um, musical style to it. And it's like in the prayer, it's in the scripture readings. Um, but yeah, we weren't expecting this guy to kind of go all out. 
and me and my brother and one of our friends whose uh, dad was a pastor from the former Yugoslavia. He's he's Serbian, um, but um, I think he we met him between the time when Yugoslavia before Yugoslavia split to Serbia and Croatia. Um, him and his family. And a lot of the people from his uh, family, his dad's congregation, because his dad was a pastor in what was former Yugoslavia. Um, his dad was a pastor. A lot of people left and came to that part of L.A. And a lot of them were living on the church property and things, and they were kind of displaced. And um, they were very conservative. Um, I remember, like, me and him really vibed on, like, um, music and guitar playing and like we got into like Metallica ballads and things and like he was saying he wasn't allowed to have like posters of Metallica in his bedroom because like people from the church might come over um things like that so it's like it was pretty strict um but yeah when we heard that guy uh praying we just were like we just started laughing but we were like you know how you're trying to like hold back laughter because you know it's not appropriate to laugh but then the more you try not to laugh the harder it gets and then when there's multiple ones of you trying not to laugh and one of you kind of cracks then everybody just busts up laughing and I oh man I was like man like please don't because we were kind of like holding back laughter, snickering under our breath, but he was like, man, like, yeah, the guy's prayer was really beautiful, it was really nice, but it was just really shocking um, to us, because we weren't expecting that, we were expecting, you know, the, like, boring kind of prayers that we do, um, you know, in our denomination, the Adventist denomination, we didn't we don't have any prayers that are like the Muslim call to prayer. Um, and so, yeah. And then so there's a topic that um, I came across. I re came across because I know about this topic already, but it's called Kavana, K-A-V-A-N-A-H. Or it seems like there's other spellings. But with the, or, you know, Kavanot or Kavanos. Um, so Ashkenazi um, Hebrew pronunciations, I noticed like the T, they pronounce more like an S at the end of words. I don't know if it's only at the end or everywhere. But anyways, I was on the Chabad.org website checking out. Uh, more information about Kavana, and I don't know what this scripture, what this is taken. Oh, it's from the Daily Tanya, the Daily Tanya study, and it talks about. Um, I I don't even know I, I I don't know any of this. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So it's. I looked at it on Monday, March twenty eighth. No. No, Monday the 25th. Dude, I don't know what I looked at. Monday. Oh, I see, I see, I see. So it says Monday the 25th of Adar. Um, the year is 
five, seven, eight, two, and then I remember when the year five, seven, seventy came. Um, people were like super pumped up about that. But this is a class. It says it's a class. Um, classes on Tanya. You can watch, listen, download, and there's a podcast. Apple Podcast, I guess. That's the little icon it has. Um, for Yehoshua B. Gordon, that's a 15-minute lesson. And then there's Manus Friedman, that's a 10-minute, 58-minute lesson. And then it's Daily Tanya. And it says, you know, it's taken from the middle of chapter 38. Um, Likute Amarim. I so basically it's written in Hebrew and then you have choices of seeing the Hebrew only, English only, or both, and then seeing the commentary. And so um I have it set to showing the commentary and then having both the English and the Hebrew um visible. And so there's bold print and then there's just regular print without the bold and and then there's kind of highlighted print. So the the Tanya is the is also called the I guess the Alter Rebbe. I don't even there's so much I don't know, but it's like even though I've studied this stuff for years, but I go in and out, in and out of periods of times when I'm studying and when I'm not. So lately, I have been studying Tanya, um, and I'm not going to read a lot of this, but it talks about Kavana and what Kavana is, according to good old Wikipedia. Um, Kavana also pronounced Kavane. I don't know how to read these. Uh, these uh i can't read these anymore these pronunciations but basically it says kavana um, literally means intention or sincere feeling direction of the heart it is the mindset often described as necessary for jewish rituals called mitzvot and prayers Kavana is a theological concept in Judaism about a worshiper's state of mind and heart, his or her sincerity, devotion, and emotional absorption during prayers. And then it says in Hasidic Judaism, a Jewish tradition that emphasizes piety, um, Kavana is the emotional devotion self-effaced absorption during prayers rather than a liturgical recitation driven religiosity in esoteric Jewish mysticism sorry in esoteric Jewish mysticism Kabbalah Kavana refers to the practice where the devotee concentrates on the secret meanings of prayer letters and words sometimes referring to the permutations of the divine name. Some kavanot are particularly to the tradition of Kabbalah during meditation. And so I'm not going to read the whole thing, um, but there's that. Um, 
But the part on the Chabad site about Kavana, um, so the content um, says um, it is not that attachment of man's thought and intellect to God is intrinsically superior to attachment through the actual practical fulfillment of the mitzvot depending on action. Uh, For, as will be explained further on, the unity with God achieved by performance of mitzvot is described in the same terms as the unity of husband and wife, kiddushin, as we say in the blessing preceding the fulfillment of a mitzvah. God who sanctified us with his commandments. Um, And then I'm just going to read this other part. Um, So, I lost my place. So I'm just going to read one other part. Um, It says, obviously, the quality of man's attachment to God through Kavana cannot surpass that of the performance of mitzvot, which possesses the God-given ability to unite man with God. So there's a whole lot. Uh, It says that the Alter Rebbe um, now goes on to say that like the actual mitzvot themselves, man's Kavana is performing them is sorry, man's kavana in performing them um, expresses God's will. It is the illumination of divine will contained in kavana that is superior in the Alter Rebbe's words. And so there's kind of this um, talk between about, you know, kavana, which is like the... Um, I guess the um kind of like deep connection um and sincerity with prayer or sincerity with doing rituals um and connectedness with them and you know versus doing the actual deeds themselves the good deeds you know um and there's this whole conversation about it that the altar Rebbe was kind of talking on. Um, I haven't listened to the lessons or anything. Sometimes they're in Hebrew. Sometimes they're in like Yiddish. I, sometimes it's like a combination of like reading the Hebrew. And then they have like a combination of like English explanation with like Yiddish in there too. I mean, I've been listening to these uh, Dafyomi in the mornings just to like wake me up because it gets my brain kind of going to kind of have to like deeply think on things and lately they've been talking about from what I gather it sounds like they're talking about um like who a person can and cannot marry as far as who a man can and cannot marry and it talks about like all these different combinations of like you know you can't marry your wife's sister you can't marry this person or that, like, there's specific people you can't marry, um, not even speaking, like, to, like, certain relatives, but there's, like, certain reasonings behind it and everything, and they talk about 
they talk about it with the combination of like English and Hebrew and Yiddish and I'm just like you know this is what I do I'm like waking up in the morning and I'm like trying to like make sense of this I'm like what are they even saying like is it's just so much information but I'm like I'd rather I started listening to that instead of like the finance news or the news about the wars or the news about all this other stuff I'm like I just need something positive so let's just scripture let's just focus on like never-ending scriptures of things like to me that's kind of more like something more entertaining and fun even though I know it's supposed to be like more like a spiritual religious thing for me it's more just like another form of like I don't want to say entertainment um but just in a way like I find it uplifting just kind of like how I like to listen to music it's like it's a form of something that's kind of like almost medicinal in its quality but it doesn't necessarily mean that I have to like understand it all or believe it all or follow it all I just find it more beneficial than you know all the scare about the pandemic and the and the and the economy crashing like I'm not saying these aren't real things they are and I'm just like I don't think I want to start my mornings focused in that direction I'd rather focus on like ancient traditions that I'm like mildly linked to through cultural things you know I'd rather just focus on some ancient studies and just like study something valuable that kind of gives some type of medicinal property even if I only understand maybe a little bit here and there um, but I think overall, I understand enough of it, but I couldn't, like, give you a whole speech and, like, a whole, like, understanding of it, but that's how it is with studying things, like, I notice, you know, I can talk about this topic of prayer, I can talk about, I have so much more to say about Jewish prayer, but I just don't want to keep talking about that only, um, but I want to talk about some of these topics with, uh, that are mentioned within Kavana because you know um like the deep connectedness sincerity um there is a way to pray when you can where you can feel deeply connected to the source um and I kind of feel like prayer in a way is like something that tethers a human to a source that that's higher than them that's probably the best explanation I can give in my own personal opinion throughout all that I've studied um because I'm saying like okay we all have maybe our own different beliefs our own ways that we were taught Maybe we were raised in a religion. Maybe we were raised without a religion. Maybe we were raised in a spiritual environment, but without like a specific religion. Um, But we all have, you know, we can all pray if we want to. There's no real wrong way to do it. Um, Depending on who or what you're praying to there might be rules if you kind of have beliefs surrounding reverence or respect or what that you know if you believe you're praying to a being 
um, what that being would like or not like that might determine how you actually pray because there might be things that you would consider oh this is like the wrong way to do it versus I'm just gonna do it any old way you know like I mean I'm not trying to be like insensitive or like or like rude because I know you know it's different for everybody but like would you pray on the toilet would that be okay would you pray in the shower like do you have to be fully clothed to pray can you pray in the middle of you know doing something that you know you're not supposed to be doing um like if you're if you found a way to like steal gas at the pump or something you know or if you saw that somebody left I don't know left money in there in the ATM or I saw somebody do this once they they were like in such a rush that they took out money and then they went back and got in their car and drove off and the money was still hanging there and it was like 40 bucks I think and I just kind of chased the guy down like hey like your cash you know um but like I could have easily taken it and like I'm not even gonna say is it right or wrong you know sometimes I do believe I mean, this is maybe my own belief, but sometimes I do believe that things fall into a person's lap when they need it. Um, I've had interesting experiences with money, with all kinds of things where it's like it might have been considered maybe theft. But then it's like if somebody drops something that you literally can't give it back to them, you know, and then you actually needed exactly that. It's kind of like, eh is it stealing or is it a blessing like it's kind of hard to really tell but um something like that it's like if you're in the middle of like a situation where you feel like you got some kind of miraculous gift or when you're kind of like stealing something in a way that like you could have given it back like can you pray in the middle of doing that um do you have to ask for forgiveness for things do you have to pray about things that you did wrong you have to pray about things that um you need help with um does it have to be so like I feel guilty about this so I'm praying I feel like I should pray about this even though I don't feel guilty I feel like I did this wrong even though I don't really care that I did it wrong but I feel like I need to pray about it or else later on I'm going to be in trouble um those are kind of common themes at least in Christianity of how people pray it's like something's going wrong I'm having a hard time. I need to pray. But can we pray during those other times? Like if you're hooking up in some sexual relationship of some, like a one night stand or something, can you pray in the middle of that? You know, and not even praying about like, like the, the traditions surrounding like not, not supposed to be having sex outside of wedlock and things, but just pray about like the stock market or something you know and just like checking in with you know a higher power about something else like in the middle of doing some other thing like there's you know we're taught about appropriateness um in a way like some of the stuff I just mentioned it just to just because it's like food for thought it's like who says you can't pray during during those times you know there is a there's a there's a uh I think other than the the Bible verse that says Jesus wept, there's another one. I think it says pray continuously, and it's like, okay, like how much is continuous? Like, and is it okay to be praying 
when you're doing certain stuff or not or I mean there's a lot of questions and it's like who do you ask you know um I mean I you can tell that I love this kind of stuff and you know I always found church a little hard because when you come up with questions like this people start thinking that you're like making fun of the traditions or whatever but it's like no I just want answers if they exist or like you know I'm curious I want to know you know about it like I want to I want an answer I'm not trying to be like crude or like insensitive about it I mean I do joke a lot about religious stuff but it's mostly because you know I have fun with with it you know I'm not like stuffy about it I mean I'm I'm pretty open-minded I don't really know exactly 100% like what I believe all the time it changes it fluctuates and I wouldn't say I'm confused but I do study a lot of things um you know even if it's just in the morning listening to something you know it's like I'm constantly testing my mind about you know what I read what I what I um listen to I do a lot of those classes on online um even if you know they're like sure like to sure um you know those daily doff ones um um I go on 770live.org um it's a Chabad I don't know if it's Lubavitch it's basically like um a live stream of a gigantic yeshiva um i think they they started not broadcasting on sabbaths anymore but i used to like watching the services and um <clears throat> so getting back to you know with kavana it talks about deep connectedness and sincerity it's like you can feel deeply connected to something um when you feel like your your guard is down like you feel like um you can be like in a vulnerable space and open about things and even when you're alone um you know it can be hard to be um feeling it like a connectedness and i think part of the connectedness is the sincerity behind it um so I do think when people pray, it helps to have a combination of types of prayers, like the ones that are just like memorized, because those are like prayers that are like, it's in your mind. It's almost like when you when you sing a song, you know, you know, it's in your mind. It's something you've had memorized. Um, there's something to reciting memorized either music prayer like whatever there's something to reciting memorized information there's an you know just to kind of get your mindset toward a certain direction there's something to praying with other people and having like this vulnerability and prayer with other people and like sharing and connecting during those moments and then there's something to connecting to whatever it is your purpose is trying to connect to when you're actually doing your own prayers and your own private time because you can still pray by yourself and not feel connected um and it might be the sincerity aspect like for example sometimes when people pray 
they can say something just just so repetitive like for example um someone i know in my family used to pray uh before meals and they would say um something along the lines of um like dear god thank you for this food thank you for the hands that prepared it um use it to nourish and strengthen our bodies in jesus name amen and that would be the prayer for years and years and years the same prayer and you know you kind of get used to hearing it but you know i think one of the most recent times when i was like oh i haven't prayed prayed about a meal in a while and something that like led me to think about it was that you know i've been you know um you know focusing refocusing again on my health on my physical health and my you know food consumption what i eat i'm not doing really great with it at the moment because of all the you know canned goods and stuff i talked about but um all the all the stuff that i was trying to eat healthy during the week and get like a regimen going with like healthy foods and healthy eating habits and you know balanced meals and stuff and um and cost efficiency too not just like balanced but like not overspending on like instacart or uber eats and getting affordable food that's like still healthy but also stuff that i'm not gonna let rot or stuff that i'm gonna actually prepare and cook versus stuff that's instant i'm trying to incorporate more even though it's not perfect and i'm not doing like a hundred percent but i was like oh yeah i'd like to i'd like to just say a prayer because it's been a while and so i was just saying a prayer and then like in my mind i was like do i really need to do the whole dear lord this that kind of thing like can i just say a prayer and just pray however i feel like and i just was just the prayer was basically just talking about the food and kind of like before i ate it just kind of like you know this isn't really the healthiest of food but you know just kind of like directing my mind towards like what I've been eating how healthy I've been eating and what I expect of nourishment from the food that I was going to eat from that meal and how you know the natural properties mixed with the with the maybe not so natural properties and the artificial aspects were going to maybe contribute to my health or some of them maybe wouldn't and how I might try to balance that later on um, because I know that I need to eat and um, it was a weird way to kind of pray and then just like talking about a couple things that happened during the day that were relevant to like my other food intake and maybe some coffee I'd had or like the driving I'd done and just kind of anything that was kind of on my mind at the time when I was going to like focus on eating the meal and it, it felt good but I was just like that that isn't usually how I pray and I'm still kind of sitting with it and you know prayer is you know it is a personal thing it's not like like I was even debating if I was gonna really even like talk about it because I was like I don't really like to share about like what I pray about or what how I pray like I'm not gonna give an example of that but it's like yeah if I was in a group of my friends or a group of people or with my family or with anyone else I might not pray like that, but then I was thinking, you know, it would be good if I, you know, did have 
somebody in my life where it was like if you could say a prayer in however way that you could say it and you're still there with another person doing that I think there is kind of like a like a level of like intimacy to praying especially when there's other people there too it's like there can be the intimacy with the prayer with what or who you're trying to connect to and then there's the intimacy with the prayer with the person that's in the room with you or hearing you um but praying is generally it can be a pretty deeply personal thing or it can be just like outright like there's nothing personal about this whatsoever it's something that we all know it's something that this whole religion does and we know the same exact wording of it in this language and that's just what we all do Um, and I'm not saying that you can't have like a sincerity with that or that you can't have a a deep connection with that because you can but it's just I think that it does help for people to have variety in prayer um and I mean prayer in general it's something I haven't really spoken about too much uh the reason why is because I know it's quite a sensitive topic anytime we start talking about religion or any kind of thing that's like even slightly related to religion you know people might get offended people might get their feelings hurt people might get turned off to the idea people might think that it's misleading people might feel confused I don't know like I don't know how come most people don't like that cognitive dissonance kind of feeling but I really welcome the feeling of confusion um I welcome the feeling of not knowing something but then having like a desire to learn it and I would say I grew up like naturally that's kind of how I feel um I'm not like I wouldn't call it the same thing as an urge urges or something else but it's almost towards that level it's like I can feel like um kind of like a it's not the same thing as like hunger or like just something that needs to be filled like I notice if there's certain things I don't do like spiritual related things and I just avoid them then I'm just like deprived and I like I feel it like I notice it um almost like you know if you don't drink enough water or something like that it's almost like a similar feeling it's just you know so that's that's kind of how I kind of connect with spiritual and religious materials and things and you know rituals and traditions and cultural aspects but it's not just with my you know upbringing and what I was taught in my own culture it's with a lot of different religious spiritual things um sometimes I'm just completely drawn towards them and like you know, a lot of people, they're like, they like TV, they like the the news, they like all these things that like, for me, it's just really hard sometimes to really care about all that stuff, because I'd much rather just delve into all these other kind of things. And then I have periods of time where it's like, months go by where I don't want to touch it. I don't want to go anywhere near it. Like, I get almost like triggered by some of it, where it's like, it feels like judgmental or like my mindset just feels like it's 
it's like a different connection that I don't like. It's like a negative connection. Um, but that's kind of my own personal experience. Um, but I know it's a sensitive topic because I, you know, I can, I can sense both like extremes where it's like, you want to be in it all the time, every day, even in the middle of work. And I'll just be like, man, I really want to like read more about like what that, um, you know, what that, you know, commentary said about this other topic or whatever. And then there's other times where I'll go like very long periods of time, even like almost a year or so without like anything involving any kind of rituals, any kind of traditions. I don't want to touch anything that even says anything about any religion of anybody's. Like, I don't want to learn about any of it. I don't want to hear about any of it. If there's any religious theme, like in a movie or a holiday theme movie or, or something, I, I don't want to be anywhere near it. Like, I don't want to watch it. It doesn't appeal to me. Um, and then, yeah, then other times I'm just back and I'm back and forth. And um, obviously right now I'm not in one of those times where I feel like avoiding it. But, um, yeah, I I would just say, you know, overall when it comes to prayer... A lot of people want to sense something. Um, I think that is something that, at least for me, is hard to. Um, it's hard for me to pray when I don't when I don't sense anything, when there's not like an energy sensed. Um, it feels just like like you're talking to a wall. Basically, it feels just kind of like. It can feel kind of, I don't even want to say empty, but just kind of like pointless. And then there's other times where it's like it really feels like there's some other energetic connection that's being made um, that you can like sense and you can feel the difference as you're doing it. And you can feel like different energetic shifts while you're doing it. Um, and afterwards you feel different than you did before. You feel different than you did during. Um, but it is very, um, I like to challenge ideas around, around things. So, um, that's kind of what's been on my mind lately. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and... It is now quite late, so I'm going to stop recording. And I'm going to see if I can actually um, upload anything. Because I was trying to upload and it wasn't working, so I don't know what's up. But um, I'm going to try it again. Um, if not tonight, then maybe tomorrow when I'm done snowboarding. I don't know. Um, I don't know what my schedule is going to be tomorrow. I don't even... I'm, I'm not even going to stress or plan it. I'm just going to wake up and do what I feel. Um, I have until 4 p.m. to finish snowboarding, so I'm pretty sure I'm not going to lounge around the hotel till 4 p.m., um, but I don't want to do too much. I mean, it is a holiday, and it is it is going to be my day off, so I don't want to do, like, way too much. Um, well, I'm having multiple days off, but I really, you know, I don't want to run myself ragged. Um... But yeah, um, so with that, I don't know, I think I'm done. Um, I think I'm done recording, but 
Um, for now, thanks for listening. I'm probably going to record some more. I just um, don't really know exactly what I'm going to record on yet. So um, I'll see. I'll post some some stuff. But um, all right. Thanks for listening. Thank you.